0: You're listening to the Pilot Photog Podcast. I'm your host, Juan, also known as Tog. Let's listen to the story on how the Hornet became the Super Hornet. This episode is the second of a two-part series. If you haven't already listened to part one, make sure you check out that episode first. All right, here we go. Just like the F-18 Hornet, the Super Hornet is a multi-role, twin-engine, supersonic, carrier-capable fighter and attack aircraft. Although similar in appearance to the Hornet, the Super Hornet is actually a completely redesigned aircraft. With its larger wing, more powerful engines, and extended combat radius, Super Hornets are used as fleet defenders, air superiority fighters, long-range strike aircraft with precision-guided weapons, fighter escort, suppression of enemy air defenses, close air support, maritime strike, reconnaissance, forward air control, and even tanker missions. Essentially, the Super Hornet is capable of performing every mission type in the tactical spectrum, making it the embodiment of a multi-role fighter. One quick note, the official designation of the Super Hornet is the F-A-18-E or F Super Hornet. For the purposes of brevity, I will just use F-18 or Super Hornet most of the time. All right, Here are some quick specifications for the Super Hornet. Length, 60 feet 1 inch. Height, 16 feet. Wingspan, 44 feet 8 inches. Maximum speed, Mach 1.8 or 1,190 miles per hour. Empty weight, 32,081 pounds. Maximum takeoff weight, 66,000 pounds. Power plant, two General Electric F414 GE400 engines each producing 22,000 pounds of thrust with afterburner. Just like the Hornet, the Super Hornet has an incredible array of weapons it can carry. And while the Super Hornet retains the internal 20 mm M61 Vulcan cannon, it also adds two additional hardpoints, bringing the total up to 11. Some of the weapon options for these hardpoints are as follows. For air-to-air missions, the AIM-9 Sidewinder and the AIM-120 AMRAAM. For anti-ship operations, the harpoon and SLAM-ER. Air-to-ground missions, the Maverick, Joint Standoff Weapon, Paveway Laser Guided Bombs, and Traditional Freefall Bombs. For Suppression of Enemy Air Defenses, or SEED, the HARM Missile, and in the case of the Growler, which is an electronic warfare variant of the Super Hornet, External Jamming Pods. This list is by no means exclusive, and should serve to demonstrate that if there is an airborne munition in the inventory, the Super Hornet can carry it. When it comes to sensors, the Super Hornet carries the AN-APG-79 radar system, which is smaller and lighter than previous radars. Moreover, this system provides an enhanced view of the battlefield and allows for detection, identification, and tracking of multiple targets at range. Additionally, the Super Hornet can carry data link pods, which allow for one aircraft to lock into a target and another one to fire on it. A variant of the Super Hornet, the EA-18G Growler, specializes in electronic warfare and contains even more sensors and sensor pods. In fact, the internal 20mm cannon is removed to make room for advanced jamming equipment and sensors. Growlers provide escort jamming to confuse enemy defenses, as well as standoff jamming and deception roles. Since the Growler has 90% commonality with the Super Hornet, it can accompany other F-18s in all phases of attack missions. Defensively, Super Hornets and Growlers also carry flares and chaff dispensers to help foil enemy missile locks. Development When the Navy ordered the original Hornet, it was intended to replace older strike aircraft and serve as a complement to the larger and longer-ranged F-14 Tomcat. And while the Hornet was good at performing many roles and much easier to maintain, its smaller size limited its combat radius. Following the end of the Cold War The Navy began plans to modernize or replace the F-14, which was by then starting to show its age. When the cost of upgrading the F-14 proved to be too expensive, the Navy began seeking a replacement. Initially, as part of the Naval Advanced Tactical Fighter, or NATF, program, which ran from 1988 to 1991, a navalized F-22 was considered. And while the F-22 is an incredible aircraft, Adapting it for carrier operations would have increased its weight by about 30%. Additionally, in order to adjust to demanding carrier operations, variable wings would likely have been needed to adapt the F-22's flight profile for carrier landings. This does not even get into the potential loss of stealth characteristics or huge costs that would have been incurred. For these reasons, the navalized F-22 concept was soon scrapped. At the same time the Navy was looking to replace the F-14, it was also seeking to replace the A-6 Intruder, which was an old airframe by the late 1990s. McDonnell Douglas had proposed the A-12 Avenger II, but the program was cancelled after cost overruns, delays, and doubts whether the program could meet its stated objectives. This left the Navy searching for both a long-range fighter and attack platform. Enter McDonnell Douglas. As far back as the 1980s, an enlarged Hornet concept was being proposed, which was known then as Hornet 2000. Determining it was safer to upgrade a relatively new design instead of creating something from scratch, the Navy decided to move forward. And while an enlargement of an existing airframe may seem like a minor modification, the enlarged and upgraded Hornet essentially became a new aircraft. However, in order to gain budget approval, the Navy kept the fa 18 designation, to convince Congress that the program was a low-risk derivative of the Hornet. After much testing and trials, the Super Hornet was approved as a replacement for both the F-14 and A-6 in February of 2000, replacing two legendary aircraft and essentially condensing the fleet to an all-Hornet composition ultimately left the Super Hornet with very big shoes to fill. We've mentioned some similarities between the Hornet and Super Hornet, but how are they different? Here's a few. The most obvious feature are the rectangular air intakes of the Super Hornet versus the round ones found on the Legacy Hornet. Due to its larger wing, the Super Hornet also has two extra hard points, meaning three under each wing versus two for the Legacy Hornet. Additionally, even though it's a larger aircraft, the Super Hornet has 40% fewer structural parts than the Legacy Hornet. Furthermore, the GE F-414 engines have 35% more thrust than the original Hornet's F-404 engines. And the Super Hornet also has enlarged leading edge extensions or LEX, which allow it to perform well at high angles of attack. The larger Super Hornet is also about 7,000 pounds heavier in the empty weight configuration and carries over 30% more internal fuel, which increases its range by over 50% as compared to the Legacy Hornet. Additionally, the Super Hornet can return to a carrier with more fuel and munitions still on board, an ability known as Bring Back the Super Hornet's bring-back capacity is over 9,000 pounds. And lastly, the Super Hornet is designed to be equipped with a buddy store or aerial refueling system to refuel other aircraft. When it is all said and done, the Navy considers the Super Hornet's acquisition a success, having met schedule and cost requirements. Today, the Super Hornet is produced by Boeing, with Northrop Grumman being the main subcontractor. Northrop Grumman produces the fuselage and vertical tail sections and also handles assembly of all its associated subsystems at its facility in El Segundo, California. Countries that operate the Super Hornet Aside from the U.S. Navy, Australia has ordered 24 Super Hornets and Kuwait has ordered 28. Canada, Switzerland, and Finland are all current operators of legacy Hornets and have expressed interest in purchasing Super Hornets to upgrade their air forces. And finally, Germany is considering purchasing Super Hornets after having withdrawn from the F-35 program in January of 2019. These operators and potential operators make the Super Hornet a truly international platform. While the Super Hornet is a capable and advanced aircraft, the introduction of fifth generation aircraft and technologies have shown the need for upgrades. The latest version of the Super Hornet, known as the Block 3 or Advanced Super Hornet, addresses these concerns. Upgrades include General Electric's Enhanced Performance Engine, or EPE, which increases thrust output from 22,000 pounds to 26,400 pounds per engine while reducing overall fuel burn rate. Additionally, a 50% reduction in frontal radar cross-section, or RCS, as well as the ability to equip an enclosed weapons pod to further reduce detection. This should help complement the stealthy F-35. To extend range, conformal fuel tanks or CFTs are integrated into the fuselage. These CFTs add an additional 3,500 pounds of fuel without significantly affecting drag, allowing Super Hornets to fly farther and faster. To improve longevity, structural improvements have been made to increase lifespan to at least 9,000 hours, up from 6,000 hours. Improved sensor upgrades such as a 17 times more powerful and upgraded computer system, improved data link sharing, And the addition of large touchscreens in the cockpit will give the pilot the ability to target and track multiple long-range targets. These sensor upgrades also allow the backseater in the F-model Super Hornet to control up to four to six Loyal Wingman drones, which are Boeing's fighter-sized UAVs. And while the specs are still classified in the Loyal Wingman, in theory, a Super Hornet could sit back and send in these UAVs to conduct strike or reconnaissance missions without ever endangering the human crew. Conclusions The Super Hornet has been defending the Navy fleet and projecting power since its introduction into service in 2000, and with planned upgrades will continue to serve for decades to come. Having evolved from the Hornet, which itself evolved from the Cobra, the Super Hornet has earned a deserved reputation as one of the most storied and versatile aircraft in aviation today. Over 50 years ago, in 1965, the Northrop designers who began working on Project P-530 as a rework of the F-5E, could not have known the long trail their design would blaze in the skies. Upcoming episodes will explore the legacy of the F-5 and how it evolved into the F-18 and inspired other successful designs. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. You can also check out my YouTube channel. Just search Pilot Photog, all one word. And lastly, you can find me in any social media platform at Pilot Photog. Be well, stay safe, and see you next time.